0: Welcome back to the Bitter Podcast. We're a queer Survivor Superfan podcast. We are here talking about Survivor 45 episode 10. Uh, how am I the mobster? Bruce, R.I.P. King. Um I'm my name is Sam Stanish. We are jo- I'm joined as always by my wonderful co hosts, Derek Grinding and Christine Palin.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Yes, we are here. Um but- and we oh, sorry.
2: No, I was going to say the curse of the K has been broken. Thank oh, you, Bruce. <laughs> Katura is saved.
0: Yeah. I, I <laughs> don't want to know. We are here. We're joined by a very exciting guest. Um, one of the stars of Survivor 42. I, you know, I feel under interviewed in the in the time since her season. I'm so excited she's here. It's Lindsay Delasiewicz.
3: Hello everyone. I'm so excited to be here and chat all Survivor, which makes my heart happy all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even... we're excited. We go. Well, our, our friends, I feel like it's we were so talking so about sad. this in the chat. It's I I we some or we when we have like survivors on, we will like tweet like oh like ask questions and I feel like you're like when we were like oh Lindsay's gonna be on we got like so much engagement I think people are just like excited to hear from you you
1: went crazy like we put we have all the questions in a document we'll see what we get to Uh, Mm -hmm. but we've never had people be this like ready for someone to come on so like you got like over 100 100 likes we usually only get like you know like 20-30 likes on those posts so the people are ready for Lindsay. Ah
3: yes I will say all the things sorry in advance if I ramble it is a hard problem I have but you'll hear
1: all the possible thoughts out of my brain with all the questions perfect awesome. I mean yeah so I think we we, we generally like want to hear from our guests like how are you liking the season so far and more specifically one of our um, listeners Kenny hashtag mama j in your area also wanted to know like if you have a favorite player this season so far so how are you enjoying the season and are there any big standouts for you
3: Ooh, okay. I am really enjoying the season. I'm loving all the different twists, which I'm sure we'll get into because I love the dilemma and I like to think, how would I adapt to it? So I'm really enjoying that. I'm enjoying a lot of the gameplay too. As for favorite players, I think... Austin definitely is a strong player. I like him. I feel like he's level-headed. I can see between him and Drew as a duo. I can see that they're definitely a very strong pair that they are on the same page, level-headed, are really looking at all the facts. D, I enjoy her, but I'm seeing the same issues with her that I saw with me where you start getting really tunnel vision of someone that you do not want there. And so I have definitely learned my lesson after my season of how to try to stay neutral. Um, So I can see that possibly being a a detriment to her down the road. But prior to that, I really was also enjoying hers. Um, Katara, I always liked her from the gate. I thought that she really had a funny spunk to her and i liked where her mind was going but again she also had the demise of wanting to get with bruce which was a negative but prior to that i she was enjoyable i thought that she was entertaining and emily is really coming out the gate i am very impressed with her shift i feel like she's really came in needing to be kind of molded a bit and just kind of shifted and then now I think she's really running with it at least from the way that it's looking on the show that I feel like she has learned her flaws and navigated it to a way that she might get really far and get a lot of votes
0: yeah Yeah, I I feel like like it really instantly happened like we saw on the premiere that she was like immediately socially isolated but then it feels like ever since hannah quit she like really adapted and i feel like caleb really helped her uh become this like like remember who she is outside of the game and just like stop being like so uh just like like a character yeah She she became like herself again and i feel like people really like that about her
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um. So Lindsay, you, those are like the people you like, were, but would you have like worked with any of these people on this cast? Like you're like, oh, if I was out there, I would be working with this person
3: 100%. I feel like Austin and Drew, they kind of remind yeah. me of how like me and Omer played. I felt like the two of us were on the same page. If I said an idea, he was like, yep, I'm totally in on that. So I feel like the two of them would probably be most likely who I would tag team with.
2: I feel like that would be perfect. I mean, I could see you just being the D of the season. Literally, I feel like you two. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you it. called out the comparison because I can just I can see the DNA there. I love yeah. DNA. <laughs> the DNA.
0: The D- that's funny. DNA.
3: <laughs> yeah, I totally see that. I'm like, don't do what I did. <laughs> Reel it in. It's so hard, though, especially when you start starving your mind. And that's a big thing that I really learned is how much different your brain functions in the lack of details that you notice when you're starving. You start to really get more tunnel vision and it's really difficult to see outside of that. That's the nature of the endurance of the game, though, is how long can you last without breaking and starting to, like, mentally crumble your strategy. So it's not easy, but I would hope if I went on again that I would be able to, like, check myself of, like, Lindsay, don't get too comfortable. Relax. You have to double check things.
1: (laughs) And... (laughs) All this talk of Reba, we actually got it. I thought it was an interesting question from one yeah. of our listeners, uh, Bobby Hall. So his question was, uh, Lindsay was the all-around, quote-unquote, player in a four-person alliance. Lots of combos have been had about the Reba four and who can beat who within that alliance. How does she feel in her four-person alliance and who do you relate to in the Reba four? I'm assuming D. And like, like, how do you know when you're in that situation, like a tight alliance like how you can win versus the people, people. So I guess this is just interesting. This alliance is reminding us a lot of kind of the way Taku was able to just play up on these weaknesses. so Do you have any thoughts about how you play in that situation? I like how to navigate when you're a strong four, mm-hmm. and how do you figure out how do I get to the end and win and. Like, it's such a difficult, it's such a balancing act because you have this alliance and it's working, but you also have to be thinking about who you can beat um, and no one wants to make the first strike. I don't know, is there's anything you can offer? Because you were in a very similar situation, um, uh, an alliance that was doing well, but you had to also think about how to win.
3: So I will be very honest and I hate to say this about myself, but it's true. I was really focused on not getting out and making sure I was able to stay longer and kind of think, don't get too ahead, just focus on the next day and plant yourself generally well. While I think Marianne and Omer did a much better job of really trying to orchestrate the final. So there was a lot of learning curve for me that I now know after that eight players is where the big shift is. And that's where you're real. I feel like after the final eight, you really start thinking, okay, who do I want to be at the end with? So your strategy really shifts. And I wasn't thinking that way. Hence why I didn't do the things I should have done near the tail end, realizing it doesn't really matter the relationships too strongly near the end because you just need to have the right people around you. So, and then the final six is another big shift, which Marianne really taught me. She really knows every single thing of the analytics of, of, it's amazing of what she understood and learned from all seasons past of the math of it. So she was really thinking of it, which I wasn't as much and I should have. So going forward, that is where it's difficult of knowing when to strike because the other balance is you need their jury vote. So that's the real balance of how do you strike while gaining the respect of them without really making them bitter? Because when I got onto the jury, I felt that, If me and Omer made it to the end as a hypothetical, he had a really bitter jury at that time that I might have beat him just due to that, even though his gameplay was amazing. So you're playing the jury just as much as you're playing the game, which is a giant game changer depending on the jury. So that is its own balance to be mindful of that makes it difficult to navigate. So I'm not sure, but I think I would think trying to hold on to six as best as you can or trying to have, I don't know, that's where the game gets really, really hard. I don't know if I can even think (laughs) further than that without being able to, because you also want to make sure that you can trust the wild card people because they're kind of a giant liability. Like there's some people that you you don't want to go to the end because they can totally screw you over because you can't trust them. So your alliance of four is so strong to know that because trust is so strong that I've been seeing eight and six is where you have to start playing with that, but then also having an idea of who might win to hold on and what advantages are left. I don't know.
2: Being yeah, friends with I the th- people
3: who are on the outs is really the bigger thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like that's going to be what, like, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be the struggle for the these re before, like we're talking about. I feel like if you're someone like Julie, or I would say, I don't know, maybe I, I, like Drew, I think should be the one thinking about it most, because I feel like, people like Julie and Austin and D I think could get people if they're like sitting like at the end, I think they have the social game where they could win like um, just flatly. Like if we just like voted right now in that moment, like they would win just based on social game. Probably I feel like drew, maybe it would benefit him more to like you said, start thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't be sitting next to my Reba four. Maybe I need to pull a Marianne or, or an Omer and like start to pick away at this alliance that I've had. Just because I feel like if he's sitting next to like um, some of the bellows, I feel like he has a way better chance of winning than if he's sitting next to his like current really big tight alliance. Um, and so th- I think that's gonna be really interesting to watch these next few episodes to see which of the before realizes that
0: first.
3: Yeah, and I think Julie might be an easy one to go to first because she already knows she's Mama J, so Mm -hmm. she can't get mad at anybody. It's very obvious by the title, so that's like an easy one to start off with. And then you kind of got the ball rolling, and then no one else can feel too bitter because you've already severed it, and the game is played. And then at that point, I think it's a little bit more of an even playing field and not being so personal of a feel, I would say.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense because I feel like that's why they – went for you because you I think were a big social threat. Like they're like, I don't think anyone could be mad at us for getting rid of Lindsay because Lindsay will beat all of us if she gets CN. Um so I agree. I think feel like Julie is in that spot now, which makes me sad because she's so fun to watch.
3: Yeah, she is really great. And I a lot of things that she say I'm like yeah I totally vibe with that. I completely so am on the same wavelength about it. But then she was really big on Jake, which I don't blame her. When you have somebody with their vote against you, it's really hard to not have your guard up of like all you need is for them to sway a few people to be convinced so the fact that they already sparked it i'm not shocked so it's hard because you also want to protect your own gameplay so it's hard to put that to the side when your name started to float around out there
0: Mm -hmm. it does feel like the reba four are much more like they, it just, they seem like such a family compared to most other alliances we see, especially like in the modern time of Survivor. Like we had that whole scene this episode of Drew and Julie just like comforting each other about feeling bad and then like looking ahead and being like, it might get hairy. We might have to vote each other out. And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. Like crying, <laughs> which I don't really think. Like I couldn't imagine any any two members of the Taku for having that scene. <laughs>
1: no,
3: I completely agree. <laughs> I will say it's very refreshing having some strong alliances because there has been a, a handful of seasons where I felt there was really no alliance. Every single week it was switch flop, this, that, which also with less than a 90-minute episode, I felt like it was difficult to kind of feel like there's a Direction it felt every week was very random, so it's refreshing and nice to see an alliance because that is a huge piece of the gameplay that du- that I thought got underlooked for a few seasons because you get too excited and you just want to jump around, but that trust really does carry you so much farther when everyone's on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I really like the before I feel like they are overly being hated on in the modern in the current discussion like they just they're in a power position they have the majority the other people didn't play as well and i feel like people are mad at them about that but i think all four of them are good characters and fun presences on the show and i i I think that it, it, it it is very helpful to have like this like storyline week to week about who is in control. I feel like it makes it an easier a viewing experience to sort of understand what happened, what might happen next.
1: Yeah, it's really refreshing that this is the first season we're getting these ninety minute episodes on because and 90 minute episodes because um like Jeff, especially when he's like talk, he seems to think that like the more chaotic and the gameplay, the more interesting it is for viewers. That's why they throw in all these like variables. I feel like the season's really proving, this is a really straightforward gameplay. You have a majority, now majority Alliance, like a core Alliance that is working within the cracks of the other alliance and they're just outplaying them. It's really simple gameplay. It's a very classic survivor. Um but are because of the editing, the the time they have in the editing they're able to flesh out these relationships, show these moments we might not typically see. And I just feel like the fact that the season's being so well received, I hope is kind of a wake-up call to like certain uh people in production of like, "Oh, we don't need to make force the gameplay to be super chaotic because this is the story. The gameplay can be simple. As long as we have it good casting and stories to tell, it's going to be interesting. Of course, there's still these people complaining like about this, like, you know, this fucking alliance is playing the game how it's supposed to be played. Um, but it's it's good TV. It's working.
3: I completely mm-hmm. agree. There's definitely some seasons in the past prior to the new game that I felt it was becoming so Repeated, where everyone was understanding like before all the the twists and stuff, it was becoming like everyone understood the general vibe, how the thing went, and then it was kind of getting a little bit of a snooze fest to just the fact that there was no change. Everyone just knew the pattern. There'd be a giant, like a bigger alliance, that if you came to the merge with more numbers, it was like bam, bam, bam. That that was kind of too predictable. But then I, I then I felt there was definitely a large, like oh, like they over calibrated and then they had to kind of bring it back. So I like this. And I do agree. I think the 90 minutes allows you to see what's really going on. That doesn't feel as repetitive as the old seasons. When you have 44 minutes to fit in three days. I don't, I praise the edit people to do that. Cause it's. It, I don't understand how they can make it because it's impossible.
2: I know it's, I mean, well, I don't know if you've been watching the squid game, like reality show. I feel like that is just like, that is impossible to edit to like 400 and however many people like there's no way you're gonna like edit that well and so i'm glad that survivor is just like that perfect sweet spot of you know we got our 18 people um they're all color coded for us like it's just like so much easier to follow i'm just like i hate to <laughs> use this moment to like rag on squid game but i'm just like it just made me love survivor even more and these 90 minutes because i'm like this is like what reality this is why i love reality television is, um. I don't know, getting to understand why people do the things they do out there, Um, which is again, why I feel like 42 would love a 90 minute cut. They need to do like director's cut or I guess like Jeff
0: Probst cuts of old seasons. That's That's what we got, we already have that. (laughs) Um, Wait, Lindsay, you referenced the uh, like older seasons and stuff, I don't actually, I don't remember if you've talked about this, what was your history with the show before you were going (laughs) on and how did you get involved in like casting and stuff?
3: I've been watching it since the beginning. I think I started watching. I was 10 years old watching season two. We heard that season one came out, heard all the buzz. So by season two, me and my mom started watching it. So then we watched every season, like typical Survivor family, me, my mom, my sister, we'd sit down, we'd watch. And then I think when I was in college, I missed a few seasons. um, So then I went back to finally watch those. I think around COVID, I was like, all right, I'm going to rewatch these from the beginning. and. It took about three years of applying for myself to get through first year. I got through to the written part, but I applied so late that they already were casting. So the second year I was like, all right, I'm going to just send the same video in since it worked, got no bites. I was like, okay, the third year, let me just redo my video. And I actually was able to speak with Tommy from season 39 who gave me some tips. My, The house i grew up in that my parents live my next door neighbors were his aunt and uncle and they posted on facebook oh watch my you know nephew on survivor he's gonna be on this season and my mom was like oh my god my daughter's been trying to get on so then Tommy (laughs) responded have her reach out to me i'll help her out so he gave me some nice tips so then when i redid my video then boom then i went through so it was but i will say from 10 years old till now I saw the show and I'm like, I'm 100% going on this show. This is made for me in every aspect. It's just the matter of when is the right time for me to get on? Because I felt in a self-confident way, not in a cocky way, if I apply, I know I'm getting on. So I need to apply when I can afford the time. So then it was just, when was the right time in my life that I could afford that amount of time to leave? And then that's when I started applying.
2: I, I love that. I feel like that self-confidence is what gets you on. It's like you can't like apply and be like, well, we'll see what happens. It's like like you said like yeah, no, I'm going to be on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um I think that's one of my favorite things. like we always find those old tweets of like I I Adam Klein for sure mm. was one of them where it's like I'm going to be on survivor by the way. It's like that's the vibe you need to put out into the world. Uh, unlike us dorks here who just like talking about it.
3: <laughs> but, you can, but you can still manifest for it too. It's just true. getting that confidence about it because when you're, <laughs> the casting's looking at you, they want to know that you really know
1: mm-hmm. because
3: you can't be like, nah, throughout the whole game. They're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, they're out. So if you have that drive, which you all clearly do, if you love the show the way you do, you definitely know that you would do well out there. It's just intimidating. It's scary, but we're all the same. And it seems like when I watch, even now when I watch, I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, they're really thinking these ideas so fast. I don't know if I'd be able to put all these things together. But then you forget that there's so much more time while you're out there. I even think sometimes like, oh, I wonder if I'd be able to navigate like the general idea of like going to the water well and knowing when to bring up, you know, a strategy versus like, does everyone should come to me? Like, I still think that when I watch, but when you're out there, you quickly get used to it. Like when you're in school, pretty soon, you know where you sit at the lunchroom, you kind of know the vibe, everything feels easy. It kind of feels like that out there that everyone is getting the vibe at the same time because everyone's just as new and it becomes much more second nature than you'd think, which makes it easier, not as difficult to watch thinking how fast they think about it.
0: It's Mm -hmm. all you're
3: thinking about. They strip you of everything where all you can think about is the game, which is like my favorite, favorite part about it. You don't have, you're in a game, nothing, nothing, nothing else you're thinking about. Nothing about home, nothing about emails, nothing about grocery shopping. You are just game mode. So it helps you vision just that. And that's the most fun part about it.
2: Yeah. I, it's like, oh, I can't just like pull my phone out when I'm bored and on Survivor. Like, no, exactly. that's,
0: <laughs> that's all you're thinking about is Survivor. I love that. It <laughs> sounds so- like great mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly (laughs) yeah Uh, but uh, well my thing is i'm so worried like we i i was just talking about this like earlier this weekend or something with somebody about like if i'd ever apply if i've ever applied and i was like no no like i get so i just get so nervous thinking about if i went out there and i i would get so in my head be like oh my god i have to be like an amazing survivor character this is like (laughs) i feel like i put so much pressure on myself because i'm such a big fan i'm like what if i'm not a legend (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, I I mean that's everyone's fear right Mm -hmm. so but if you guys are doing this podcast and people like listening to you then you clearly have the mental knack for it that you know how to navigate it's just I think the other thing when I looked back watching my season because I wasn't someone who listened to all the podcasts and went on all the reddit things so I was just casual viewer loved the show and all about it but I never heard all of the fan feedback so for those that did, I thought that that kind of got in their head that some of their interviews and gameplay was trying to be for the fans and the critics more than just own your shit. Be you. How do you want to play the best? Like put your ego to the side. Do you want to make it till tomorrow? Then just do what's best for tomorrow rather than, ooh this would be spicy. People want to hear me say this. That would be fun. <laughs> and then ah, gone. Play too hard. <laughs> so it's getting out of your head of the other people and just focusing on just you and your person will shine with whatever that is. And everyone, I think, with all these players have their own legend of leaving no matter what time. So there's so many things you cannot control. So if you really remember that, it kind of gives you a little bit of like, Kelly's a great example. Great player. She got out really early. What are you going to do about it? Some things are just not in the cards. It just doesn't work out. But people are still going to look at her as a great player. There's other players that should have made merge that didn't make the merge, but you know they're a great player. So you don't want to think I need to be a legend at the end because there's too many survivor factors that will get in the way of that. So it's survival mode. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the authenticity like you said that um that reads on camera and it reads to your fellow players it's like i don't think people want to work with someone who doesn't read as authentic like if you're not being yourself i probably don't want to work with you i probably won't trust anything you say so that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah definitely um so we started this episode with oh yeah <laughs> i'm getting back <better. laughs> we a I, <laughs> I was, well i was just gonna say like we we talk about like Overthinking and people who are good players, or like getting people out, heartbreaking eliminations. We started the episode. Kendra was voted out. Lindsay, what did you think of uh, Kendra?
3: Um, I felt that. Hmm, what did I feel about Kendra? <laughs> I felt. <laughs> um, I felt she was a little bit of a loose cannon. I don't know if I would feel that I'd feel confident with her being in my core alliance that at least from the way that I viewed it in the edit, I can see that them wanting to remove her at some point, if you feel like they're starting to teeter. And she had a lot of, I thought, like almost like frantic energy. So that to me is a liability because depending on how, whatever emotions are riding you at that moment, which she seemed very emotional, like emotionally driven, I would say, that I can see that being like this might not go the right way or does she start to get so feeling vulnerable that she starts telling people that shouldn't be told of some things that are going on, again, another liability. So that's kind of how I viewed her as a player that I don't know if I would feel as much of a lock. I'm like, this might ruin my game due to whatever issues she's trying to get through in her game of Survivor.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, well, I guess we should find out what your sign is. And then we can figure out from there what your actual compatibility would be. <laughs> um, yeah, On like for so, okay. anyone
3: who wants to know. Wow. <laughs>
2: We're
0: really prepare. getting the exclusive information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, I feel like that's what I would love to work with Kendra just because I feel like she would make me laugh. But I, I feel like maybe that does not that doesn't hold water, I think, throughout the entire game, unfortunately, for for a girl.
3: She she was, was definitely
1: like, entertaining. I'll give her that. It was definitely yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> so the big, <laughs> we have to talk about Bruce and the idol lie at the start of this episode. Um, Bruce's idol is the center of this episode. <laughs> what did you, <laughs> Lindsay, what do you think about this whole situation this was pretty <laughs> funny obviously so bruce tells katura he gave settled to kelly and then instantly is like just kidding but then he goes and tells J- jake that it's true and then we see this get spread um <laughs> what do you think i
3: was trying to think through what his reason was for that <laughs> and if it really felt like he wanted to do a, a showy move for the jury like for his resume that's all it sounded like to me because he clearly was aiming for people to vote for him. I would never, ever, ever, ever want to do that. Of trying to get people to want to vote for you just so you can burn your idol. So that I was like, okay, you're gonna lie about it. But now as the result, people will vote for you. And now you have to use your idol. So this strategy doesn't sound at all as a deterrent to save you as much as a showy move to have like a, whoa, he totally fooled everyone for the jury. So that felt more of like a resume move. Um, But the danger of that is if you convince everyone to think that you're worth getting voted out and then you burn your idol, that thought stays for the next one when you don't have a safety net. So you kind of put yourself on this negative view of being voted for possibly longer than one vote's worth. However, the other thing, well, it doesn't matter now because he's out. but. was, when all that was going on, I'm like, if he makes it past the eight, people might want to keep him at the end, because that's also, I'm noticing the bigger shift, that you have these great players that you want to work with that are very strong, and you need them to keep going, but then there's a point where the Jakes and the Bruces all of a sudden might be somebody that you want to keep to the end, because now you feel that they might not get as many votes against you, so it's like, hanging on the right amount of time before you are now the valuable person to keep. So that was the other thought that I had. If he made it through, then I think he would shift that. But no, I thought that was just playing the jury for a, Mm -hmm. for a fancy resume move.
0: I feel like it is a really good idea if he had done it the day before, like right after, or if he had told Ken, if he had just said, like, I gave Kendra my idol and thinking about worried about a, uh, knowledge is power thing like i it's such a good it is a good idea i think to like lower your threat level and make people not expect you to have an idol because now they're at eight like you're talking about and if everybody put a, put their votes on him and he played his idol and he voted for julie or d or one of the three before then they're no longer a majority like i feel like that really shakes things up but like by doing all the things he did like saying saying the lie too late and saying Kelly instead of Kendra and then not playing his idol and m- telling people it was a lie so that like it got back to the Rima before like it, it was it was misplayed but I feel like the concept is good it was just poorly executed on multiple sides
1: I mean, and he's viewed as a threat not just because the idol because he's winning challenges. So that doesn't yeah. really like fix the lie. It's like not it's not a bad idea. Like, I totally agree with him. I think if he had done it right away or done Kendra, it would have made more sense. But you yeah, can like- play on that for sure if it was the better timing yeah but it's it's still like i think it's like what the message that sends to like drew who at the top of the episode was like we gotta get bruce out because he's winning challenges the message that I still sends to bruce is like oh i can we can get him out if he loses immunity like we don't have to worry about him you know even if everyone believes it, it it still makes him vulnerable in a different way because he's still a threat because he's winning challenges i think if he hasn't wasn't winning challenges it would have been even more effective again if the timing had been right, but it still puts him in a tough spot where it's like, okay, oh, we can just get him out, and we don't have to worry. Cool, you know, it's it, it was it was a tough spot, and I don't think that was enough to get him out of it. And of course, he just did play his idol, which <laughs> it was a bad. We we recognize it was a bad move, but um, the, he didn't. I don't think he did enough to set up, um, you know, lowering his threat level, quote unquote, as we like to say, for in all the ways he's perceived.
0: Yeah, and I agree. If, Oh, yeah. oh well I, think... I was just gonna Sorry, but uh, <laughs> like ha, ha, he is like a the for the re, from the reba force perspective a character a player like bruce who is viewed as like a goat or like somebody who would never win is more threatening to a solid majority than like a good player mm-hmm. because like that is so tempting to flip things around and hopefully go to the end with him um so even from the reba force perspective it's like the idol lie and not having an idol doesn't really help him because it's not like heightening his threat level and making him like scarier to keep around as a jury threat because what they're looking out for is the other members of their alliance changing things and going to the end with a goat so like he it, it was it was not the right time for and not the right way to do this kind of thing yeah i think my big thing is like I don't know what it is about Katura
2: that makes people bad players around her. Like, I'm just thinking about, like, Jake and uh, Caleb suddenly deciding, oh, we need K- like Katura's vote, and now we're going to tell her about Bruce's idol. And now Bruce is, like, displaying to Katura, oh, I'm going to... Um, tell this lie but I'm also like a bad liar so it's probably not gonna work it's like what do you think she's gonna do when you give her that information she doesn't want to work with you i yeah. it, like it like cracks me up and like I think that's why I love kaira so much because she just like something about her just makes people like uh, I don't know like yeah it's like they can't help themselves around her and she's like okay well then i guess i just need to vote you out because you don't know what you're doing um that part is what make really cracked me up it's like duh of course she's gonna go tell everyone because you couldn't even tell the lie to her without maintain like like going back on it five seconds later
3: (laughs) yeah and i thought the same thing even when bruce admitted to jake that he lied and like why Mm -hmm. did you lie to me like there's there's a I feel like there is a certain decorum of how to handle it, that if you are going to admit to an alliance member that you lied, you better have a really good story as to why you lied. So that way you are um, able to convince them. They're like, OK, I understand why they lied to me. That makes sense. They were in my best interest and it wasn't the right timing rather than like, yeah, I want to work with you now before I did it. But now I do. It's like, all right, well, then screw you. So I yeah. clearly can't trust you because it depends on if I'm the flavor of the week this week or not
2: yes exactly it's like i don't (laughs) i mean it's honestly a great position for Katura that she is like this person that people i guess only see as a vote because then she gets a lot more information i feel like that way because suddenly oh someone like you said i'm the flavor of the week this week okay give me all your information and then i will go back to these people who i feel like actually want to work with me um it's just it's such a fun dynamic it's i know some people are like annoyed by the re before like kind of steamrolling but it's like no one else is like even like close to being like playing on their level it's like which is what makes the season so fun
3: (laughs) yeah like bruce and and katara was kind of like a last minute okay let's work together now but it was like a little too little too late like just no one has that strong bond kind of like how the taku four was like it was just (laughs) really strong out the gate that there was other people who had alliances but you just see the difference of the strength of that versus we have no other choice but work together so let's try now but there's a reason why they didn't work great together because they didn't have that strong trust so it's hard to create that late in the game
2: Hmm. yeah which makes me feel bad for poor emily because it's like that's kind of her only option because she's just the lone lulu still it's like she it's can ol- I know. Playing- <laughs>
3: oh by the way this person said this and she does it in a way of like I'm trying to help you. Oops. But then I'm like, wow, she is just stirring the pot that it was really enjoyable, that it's kind of okay that she's on her own because she is, which is its own impressive move to navigate Mm -hmm. yourself with everyone. Wow. Spilling dirt with everyone and it not going back on you. It's kind of like she's that hidden dark horse that's going to make it through without needing a core group to get you there.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I love her scene with her and Jake. Uh, I think I don't remember when it was. But it was right before Jake went and confronted Drew. And Emily was like, Hey, like, Drew's targeting you. Um, like he wants you as a backup vote for the Bruce plan. And and Jake was like, Well, why can't it be someone else? Like, why why don't we vote Drew? And Emily was just straight up like, I'm in a really good position in this game. (laughs) And if I voted for Drew, it would blow up my game. So I can't do that. I hope you understand. (laughs) He was just like, okay, yeah.
3: (laughs) I felt bad for that because I'm like, uh, I don't know if I would have wanted to be so direct say that because it just sounds like you're just the better vote and I care about my game more than anything else rather than you're my alliance member. So how do I save you two? But it didn't really matter because she made it work. But I thought that was really funny. I'm like, that was, I was honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was honest in a way that like, Because she, in that part of that conversation too, is her telling Jake, like, or maybe this was the Bruce. Anyway, she's just telling people, like, Julie's only being nice to you because she wants her jury vote, your jury vote. And, like, being nice versus being real is, like, two different ways to get the jury vote. But it's like, if Julie is, like, politely lying to you versus Emily being, like, directly truthful to you, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's, like, more respectable to some people in getting a jury vote.
3: That's playing the jury. Because some people feel one way, some people feel the other. I would Mm -hmm. feel more, um, I feel like personally, I would be able to separate personal from gameplay. I'm like, they're playing the game. That was a smart way to do it. You have to lie. And I think that they did it in a very great way. Um, While someone being honest, it would depend on how the whole game was played for me to then decide. But again, I do think that is depending on the person you're playing that with because some people might be receptive to it, other people might not. I was thinking if I was in that scenario with Emily, I was thinking in that moment I would have said to to Jake, okay, well then who do you want to take and do you think we can get the numbers and have him run around trying to do that and piss everyone else off that they're like, fuck that, he's trying to get me out, me out, you out. And then it's like, as Emily, I was trying to be like, how do we get the numbers together, but let him frantically do it and kind of sink his own ship. And it looked like she was trying to help him. So that's how I would have probably navigated that conversation.
2: I love that. <laughs> the chaos, always the chaos. <laughs> it's yeah. <so> chaos. <laughs> <laughs> just planting seeds. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Emily's bluntness, I think, is good for her, especially with yeah. this cast. I, I, I agree, though, that it's like, it just depends. I feel like my partner, like, he is very, like, blunt in a lot of ways. And I'm very much, though, I would be maybe more like you, Lindsay, or even like, maybe more like Mama J, where I'm like, no, like, just trying to be nice. But I feel like people like Emily are people I admire because it's like, Uh, good for you for like yeah it's like don't sugarcoat it like that is like the truth of her game and i think jake seems like someone who respects that more so that just seems smart on her part yeah
3: yeah because that's her that's who she is so i think that everyone's gonna respect that that she is blunt and she still navigated through and didn't lie to anybody about it
0: Mm -hmm. i like the through line this season of all the players talking about the delineation between the personal stuff and the game stuff and how difficult it is to keep those things separate at least like at least in this group there's there there, it seems like there are a lot of more emotional players than maybe there have been in seasons past and it's really coming up a lot like even just in this tribal jake was talking about like how he feels out of the loop on everything and he knows everyone's lying to him and he doesn't know anything and they all like they all like come together really quickly and be like But we promise it's not personal, like it's we're just playing this game, like it but where we don't even usually see people all like the group as a whole come together and be like, we're playing a game, like we all like each other, but we need to like get each other out. Also, and even Julie, who's talked in the past about like we're not robots and stuff, she's now like afraid to even look over at the jury because she feels so bad about like lying to them.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like There's definitely previous seasons. Like, I think part of that is the 90-minute episode that now they're able to show people saying that. Because I do remember, like, I was watching the most recent Tribal and they were saying something like, you know, these are people. It's not the same as it is back home. It's much harder. That's something I have heard through seasons and seasons of Survivor, but only that little clip, nothing else more. But on the other end of it, when I was playing 42, I remember Jeff saying, like, I've never seen a tribe so cohesive of just caring and being positive and being able to focus just on the game and not taking it personally. So there might be a level that things have shifted and people are looking at it differently and being more humane with it, which is really great because it is such a beautiful, amazing, crazy experience that you really do bond to another level. So I think, I don't know, I really enjoy that honesty because I don't know how else for viewers to get it because you really can't get it unless you're there but it is a lot heavier than just oh you're you're a chess piece move you here and I think it's nice to be able to reassure that because you're stripped of everything you're so vulnerable so I do love that they were all able to come together and kind of let Jake know that it's just a game but that's what makes the game difficult because it starts to feel personal because you are the player you as a person is the player so it's hard to not take it personally your personality is what the player is so but it's i I do like seeing that because it just brings the humaneness of the difficulty and complexity of the game
0: definitely and i feel like it's it all comes to a head in that scene with jake and drew where they're like fighting Mm -hmm. on the beach and it is like all about the game stuff but they're both so mad at each other and just like in the situation, and Jake so is so I, it's, it was hilarious. I loved that scene. And but like Jake wow. is so upset that he was the back of vote, and then Drew is upset that Jake, like Jake's start getting him, and Jake is like, Why is it okay for me to get votes and you aren't? And Drew's like, because you don't have any allies. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> it's it's so funny because they're so mad, but it's they're also like it's just a game, but they're still getting so emotionally invested in the game. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I thought that was a really enjoyable scene because it was really funny because I think that's where they both were like their true colors were coming out more than their strategy of conversation, which just seeps through at a time. So Jake being like conversations done, which is probably how he would be more at home of like, I know where this is going. There's a waste of my time. But in Survivor, that might not have been the best way to play it, but it was still extremely enjoyable to watch because <laughs> you, you seep through.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially because like just like two minutes ago on the show, they were talking about how like their friends are like they want to work together and then <laughs> one little piece of information comes out and it all unravels.
3: you cranky and hangry.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, they can't. Uh, they could only bro
2: out for so long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was crazy. That
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we haven't was, even talked about Kenny Loggins yet. <laughs> that
1: was insane. My, because like my friend, Darren. If you Audrey's watching this season, Audrey yeah. just caught up. My friend Audrey's was like, it's a relatively newer survivor viewer hasn't seen a ton of the newer seasons we just caught up on the season this is the first episode she watched live for this season and was like live texting me it was like what the fuck does this happen now it's like <laughs> no, this is the first time they've ever used like a non a, a, like a licensed song on survivor they had the winners at war theme but i think that was like they Commissioned that weirdly. I try to forget that. But this was just so. I hear
2: you. <laughs> when you
3: were Where doing like the bro out me. moment. Yeah, that yeah was
2: like that was... I was
3: cracking up was at amazing. that. I thought that was so funny. I like pause and went to the other room, tell my boyfriend, I'm like, this is so funny. Like, I love that they're doing this edit.
1: It was cracking me up. It was it's like. It's just so surreal. It's one of the surreal <laughs> things I've ever seen in Survivor because it's just like, is that? Oh, I was like, that's, that song sounds like Kenny Loggins. And it like, literally was like the song from the volleyball scene, the Top Gun. Like, I mean, fun I funny. love how much
2: they're just, like, having fun this season in the editing bay. I was just, yeah. like, <laughs> and I was watching this with, like, a bunch of, um, like, uh, like on and off, like, Survivor mm-hmm. watchers. And I think I it's, like, just everyone's reaction was, like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> it was, like, so funny. Um, I loved watching, but obviously our heart is with the all girlies uh, reward <laughs> challenge. That's right. That's what we love. We love to see it. That was, like, such a fun little moment. Also... Um, I'm such an easy mark for the family visits. I know everyone's like, whatever, family visits, family letters, who cares? I am like always- I care. I'm always like, Katura. like I Like, even though I've never met this woman in my life, I'm still like sobbing. I'm just, the and family the visits point, are for me.
3: For yeah. you to feel the humanness of that. And I think that's kind of what I like about that too, is it gets you to look at them as a person and not just a player, because that's how a lot of people view it from the couch. They just look at it as a player, not as who the person is. And then that gets frustrating when the players come home. Like, why did they do that? I'm like, and I had to say to a woman, I was like, I'm not playing for your entertainment. I'm playing <laughs> for the game. So I don't really give a shit if you were bored or you didn't like <laughs> what it was because I'm not doing it for you. So it's nice in that moment to be like, wow, that is a person. Look at what they're going through. And it looks in such a different lens. So I agree. I thought that really kind of warmed my heart too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought
3: that totally played into her panic attack in the challenge when she's mm-hmm. like i don't know why i was like yeah that is something deep rooted that got triggered that she might not even recognize and we'll probably talk about it with the therapist afterwards but i thought that was a direct correlation mm-hmm. with that Same. moment.
0: that was that kind was, of hard to watch i i was tough. yeah I, what do we think about the the letter from Katrina's mom she said she told she yeah. said that she went no contact with her mom like a year ago when this was filmed and, but it seemed like the other contestants weren't aware of that until the letter came up and so i and i'm just i i guess I, I need to know a lot more information before i make like a judgment call on what was the right thing to do i i guess i am the right um,
3: thing to do in what regard?
0: Like, from I, the from production standpoint, yeah. I guess, I, I'm unsure if they knew about the situation. And am I that shocked that even if they did know about the situation, like that something like this would happen? It feels like it's just like standard reality TV manipulation to me. I'm just not oh, sure if it's like a yeah. letter from mom yeah, to go through I'm,
3: when she I'm cut too.
0: it off. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this is kind of like what I would expect signing up for reality TV, but I don't know that that makes it.
1: That doesn't make it right, yeah. Um, Lindsay, I'm curious. So, like, um, because I know, like, when they did, like, the traditional loved ones visits, you, like, would give options of people to come out. When when you went out there, did you give, like, a list of people you would want letters from home from? Because that's why I'm curious. I'm wondering if she, like, said, I'm open to receiving a letter from these people. Because I, I just kind sure. of hardly believe they would go on their own to, like, okay, let's track down all these people in her life. So, Lindsay, do you remember how that worked? I was
3: literally just thinking that. And I think I
1: remember us
3: being allowed to write a list of who we would want to get letters from. I don't remember very specifically, mm-hmm. but I vaguely feel like I was able to choose who those people were. So I think she might have, um, but production definitely knew her whole backstory. Yeah. Sure. There's no way that
1: didn't come up. Cause I mean, that's probably brilliant. why they
3: probably vote picked her because of her complex background and that's probably part of her story that got them to want to talk to her more and learn about her so i think she might have added mom to the list i'm not positive but i feel like i got to write who i got to have a letter from
1: yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking because i just don't feel like like they don't like have time to like hunt down everyone's contact information that's like and so i think it's possible like she put like i'm open to receiving a letter from this person but then there's also a like there's on the end of production they chose that to manufacture a tv moment so it, it's you know like we can still have these questions of like oh the motivations behind you know choosing that well, um, whether that's okay or not um it's the a moment.
3: the other thing is when did she pick the people i mean when i i mean granted it was a little different with covid because i got chosen right before my season while other people were casted Mm pre-covid so they were already on the list waiting to get on for like a year and a half so i don't know her backstory of what season she was supposed to be on and if she wrote that she said a year ago so she might have put her on the list and then cut ties with her post writing her on the list so that could have also been a case too i don't know
2: definitely yeah this all feels i feel like to me I would just be, I guess I would want to hear what Katura has to say about it. I feel like at the end of the day, like I, I definitely understand where people are coming from, where maybe they feel upset for Katura on like on her behalf, like how dare production do this. I don't want to believe that it was like malicious in any way on anyone's part. I would rather, I, I would hope that it was maybe more of like an ignorance thing or just like something got lost where people weren't aware maybe of like how like their relationship was in that yeah. moment um but i feel like to me like the final um word i want to hear from is katura on the matter i like but i agree though that it is very clear it, it affected her like that panic attack did not come from nowhere uh like I, and that was like like you said Sam, that's like really rough to watch as someone who's like been there like that is like that's tough and i'm glad that like jeff was being very supportive in that moment and like the crew and the cast everyone was just like rallying around katura um and yeah so it it just seems like a really complicated situation and i hope she's doing okay um especially she seems like such a fun like like light person that it's like it's tough to see someone like go into a dark place like that um and so i just hope she's doing okay is kind of my reaction to that
3: yeah the last thing i'll touch on that um just based off of what you were saying and what probably Mm -hmm. a lot of viewers are thinking from my experience I cannot praise the Survivor crew and people enough that they really do care about us, that I do not see there being any malicious intent just for reality TV response. I, from all of my experience prior to the show airing and having like the pregame stuff and then post and then even the therapy that they offer you for the whole time after, all that experience with meeting with so many different people, they it's like warms my heart of like the shock of how much they really do care that brings them totally different than any other reality tv like even some of the people working there they were like another show wouldn't give two shits about this but the fact that we're going out of our way to talk to you about it and address this and make sure you're okay survivor just has a much higher standard for the players than i think other reality tv does so for anyone listening or watching I would separate Survivor from all other reality TV to think that we're they're all the same in what they do. Again, I would love to hear Katara's point of view because I mean there's a lot that we don't know, but I would hope that Survivor's not doing it in a malicious way, um, that there's probably something else about it, but I'm sure she's going to have a roller coaster of emotions about it even when with it airing with how it was when she got home and then once the whole game is wrapped Even for me, there were so many ups and downs of our feelings until the whole thing is over and you hear your story and you really see what was going on. So I really do hope that she is doing well with watching this. And that was more of like a growth moment of everything going on with just the nature of being starved, being vulnerable, maybe hitting her harder than it normally would due to the nature of where you're at. And I hope that it comes out with a really positive outcome. But yeah. that's all I can say on that with yeah. to that. That's
1: great. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that perspective because it definitely seems like production and like they have gotten better at these things over the past few years. I think, especially since uh certain uh, season 39. Uh, like a lot of things like there's been like a lot of I think introspective introspection within production, like looking at okay, what can we do better? I think it's mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 interesting to hear from someone who's on very recently because I we know historically the show has mm-hmm. not always um it's yeah, not they, perfect. They've they've made mistakes and they've, you know, not taken care of their players. So yeah. it's nice to hear that it sounds like there's, it's a better environment. It's it's improved.
3: Very improved. Before the like racial tribal council that I had on my season where Tori went home, mm-hmm. usually they don't, they don't tell you anything. We watch it the first time like everybody else, but that tribal, um, Jeff and uh, and I think, I don't know if one of the therapists or both the therapists were on and maybe a few other directors and then all of us involved, they had a meeting with us in advance. They didn't show it to us, but they read the script Mm. and they were like, we want you to understand how we edited it. And we really put a lot of thought and care into how to make sure that it is being received to the viewers in the accurate way that it was. Understanding how delicate it was, had a few different directors look at it or producers and have their input on how it should be seen and read it all to us had us ask like how do we feel about it what questions do you have and whatever and i thought that was like above and beyond so great that they went out of their way to do that and that i thought that i they earned a lot of my respect for doing that too so That, to say, since 39, I think that they've really adjusted a lot of things to be more careful and delicate to that, along with the fact that they're not villainizing people like they did back when it was like Jerry, back in the Mm -hmm. very beginning. Like she (laughs) ripped a new one. So they're not doing that. Because it really is damaging to you in your career, in your life, and everything after, especially with social media, which they didn't have back then. So I think they're being very more careful to be delicate to these humans that are choosing to be on this show mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah i mean maybe this is naive of me to say but it just doesn't seem like the kind of move survivor product producers would make anymore like i just don't mm-hmm. think that this is the kind of story they're like aiming to mine for like this like dark weird uh yeah it's hard- dark it's, it's very dark yeah. and i i just don't think that this is something they're like aiming for anymore and so unless it like comes up and like it clearly affects her and and we need to understand like what happened at the challenge like I just don't think that it is something that they're necessarily gonna do where especially compared to like every other backstory that we've gotten it's like all like uplifting this is where I was this is who I am now and this is like something completely like out of left field comparatively
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm.
0: I yeah I feel like and it's like like I said, there's like a lot of
2: different reasonings behind it. I feel like it's like maybe Katura like thought she could like, okay, I have been no contact with my mom, but I would be willing to maybe read a letter from her. And you think that at a ter- like certain time and but when you're out there starving, like you said, Lindsay, maybe that's a different story. Um, so I would just love to yeah, hear what Katura has to say. And I, I'm glad she's doing okay. <laughs>
3: like that
2: was just yeah, the challenge was just tough. Um Yeah, I fell for her on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um she well, you say
3: so it was all good yes. so yeah. Yeah. Woo, you answer. have her moment a very like <laughs> growth moment without it messing up her game so mm-hmm.
2: there's a
1: win there too mm-hmm.
2: yes and she got bruce out finally so yes. she just had win win, win. <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: uh Lindsay, i we got another question you kind of like touched on like you know how you having a similar story to like uh you know the targeting one person um and one of our listeners bobby Holligan, asked like you know how do you feel watching at edit as someone who got this this focused on eliminating a single player being the downfall of their game edit because it was like that was something that until we got to know more about your backstory with like the football I remember that reveal like being like oh my god we're getting to hear from Lindsay more outside of this rivalry she has like how do you feel about your edit I guess and like watching Katura's edit kind of be a little you know like there's some uh shades of Lindsay here in, in, and yeah. in this rivalry for sure
3: um I, I liked my edit. I thought that like, I can't complain about it because it was all me, but I felt like I really like how I showed myself until the very end. I definitely unraveled in that final episode, <laughs> which I was definitely embarrassed about. And I re- the beauty of being able to have this recorded and for you to see is it helped me see my flaws and try to grow from that, which a lot of people don't get that opportunity. So the fact that I can watch these home movies and learn about myself, um, so with her i think the difference with her i think i'm more intense so i had a much stronger like than she did also he was in mic four so that also made it a little bit more frustrating Well, she wasn't really that close with him and everyone kind of felt the same about bruce to a degree like it seemed with her she was just like annoyed and couldn't deal but she didn't she didn't close off other options like i did like I should not have been laying on the beach when I won final six and relaxed. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I knew better than to do that and I just did it. And then when Marianne and Romeo came over, like, oh, what's the vote? I'm like, it's definitely Jonathan. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, idiot move. (laughs) I should have been more open-minded and not felt like so strongly because that was a moment of my flaw where I definitely lost sight of how to play. I didn't feel she was doing it as strongly about it. so. I think D's rivalry is more relatable to mine where she was a little more tunnel vision and really didn't see other options. And I think Drew, I think Drew's the one who noticed that from her of like, she really just wants that. Katura, I think, yeah, she had it, but I think she still allowed other options in the meantime rather than really pushing it. She tried to at times, but I don't think she, I didn't see her rubbing people a strong way that they couldn't still work with her with another player, if that answers that.
2: Yeah, it's, I feel like, like you said, Katura, it's like, she personally did not like Bruce, but it's like, I maybe part of that was just because she didn't really have the numbers to get rid of him, but she was like, okay, I'll vote for anyone else too, but we should still vote out Bruce sometime. Like, yeah, that she kind didn't of think he vibe. was bad
3: at her gameplay, Just she yes. just didn't like him. Jonathan was like a double one, where I felt like he also <laughs> was a liability to me for my game, so not only do I really... Not enjoy you as a person. <laughs> I don't like that you don't value women as equally. And that is something of a personal thing that clearly I still would probably stick to my guns over moral feelings than gameplay in some regard, which is just how people choose to be. That's something that I like when they, if I look back at the do or die challenge, like would you have changed your vote? I'm like, I don't think I would. I don't think I would want to just be like, here you go, here's immunity we're also scared <laughs> to play against you like no i'm going to do it because i can't give you that satisfaction so i don't think it would have changed my decision as poor of a decision as that would have been um but for her i think it was more she didn't like him but it wasn't also like he is a threat to my personal game
2: that make, yeah i that makes sense i and I, you are totally right to do so in my opinion <laughs> just <laughs> based on what we saw on tv you yeah. were right <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <clears throat> um Do have any other um questions for Lindsay? we want to ask i guess before we uh i guess wrap up on the episode at large
0: (laughs) the last couple things are like there was a lot of discussion around like mama j and like Mm. the the title of mama on survivor which i feel like we've been talking i feel like it gets talked about brought up every couple years where it's just like the pressure that is put on the eldest woman in the cast or like to make it late (laughs) in the game and it, it feels it it feels like it has never changed. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it's been this thing for so long, going like all the way back to like Survivor Africa. Even like, it just Hot feels out. like it just feels like they need someone to emotionally blame for losing the game or whatever. And <laughs> the easiest person to do that to is the person that they projected this caring role onto. And it just, it feels and I'm sure that she understood. And I actually just re listened to. Um, Chrissy from Survivor 35 talked about this where she was like I knew going in that like this was going to be a part of the game I would need to navigate and like she talked she was very uh, thoughtful about that but it's just like it feels like it's so it's such a hard thing to be a part of and just like I have no idea how to even begin to undo that sort of framework
3: It's like a curse almost like because I'm the older one, that might be a label of mine. So I do feel like that's kind of a cop out, which is unfortunate, Um, just like if you are a duo with the opposite gender, they might be like, that's a power couple. I need to get rid of one of them. So if that person is immune, I'm going to get the other one out. That was something I was worried about, of just the nature of how things get viewed. But I agree, like, how do you navigate through that? I mean, Heather didn't have that i think that was her name heather and and erica like she didn't have that mama of title and she was one of the older women that was on the tribe but agreed it's kind of like how do you push through do you have to just be firmer but you can't be yourself but also people naturally are like you're like my mom because my mom is not here so you help me out so i don't know how you can break through that
2: yeah it just seems like almost an impossible situation just like so unfair i hope people like future players like are mindful of that like this woman is out here to play for a million dollars she's not out here to be my mommy like that's just like not fair to put that on someone
3: it's the microcosm of society and that's mm-hmm. also why they chose to make it a 50 50 or um like an even diversity because also it's a microcosm of society so if there is any sort of like unrelied, like like underlying bias towards that it'll show in the gameplay so i think this is like looking at how society views people in this lens, which is just agreed unfortunate. How do Mm -hmm. you break through that when it is a microcosm of society? It's Mm -hmm. a difficult battle for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel like all the other questions we were getting were about uh, weed.
3: <laughs>
2: we got some. Uh, like we got multiple that were like sativa or indica. It was like the other questions.
0: <laughs> I didn't, lovely. Lindsay. I didn't know you were such a well-known uh, token. Oh
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like that was a big thing on Twitter. Like, like? I didn't remember. it
3: was. It was just so funny. I remember being so frustrated that I'm like, no one is seeing me. I'm going out, and people are like, oh, do you recognize people? Are people recognizing me? I'm like, no one knows who I am, and it was so frustrating. <laughs> And then I was like, coincidentally, it was 420. So I chose to make some funny video. And then that really gained a lot of traction. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So it just I kind of just leaned into it. But yeah, I was always not always like it was not until I was at least 25 before I first started really smoking weed. But then it wasn't until a little bit later, I chose to like learn more about it for my career. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm definitely pro. I want to break the stigma about it. I don't want to feel that there's anything negative about it. It's medicinal, has a lot of good benefits. And I just like to push that positive narrative because I think that's something that really just needs to just be like put to bed. So if I can just say it louder, not whisper like, do you smoke
1: weed?
3: Like, no. Do you smoke weed? you want something? You don't? It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But I think it just helps. The conversation as a whole, that I think we just all need to just chill the fuck out and just relax, and it's not that big of a deal. So that was kind of where I like to take the platform with it. If it helps a cause in some way, and I can be open about it, then great.
0: But yes.
3: yeah, pro weed.
0: Yes, <laughs> hell yes, Excellent. I love you. That. <laughs> you referenced your career, and we did get a question from Page. Turn the page, H, uh, and just sort of like asking about your experience as a dietitian and talking about like the food rewards and like sort of what is the best. Food. Like the we we saw in this episode, it was like turkey and all sorts of stuff. Other times, people got a milkshake. Like, what do you recommend as a dietitian for people who are on Survivor? Like, what should they? Eat? What shouldn't? They
3: yeah, eat? <laughs> um, I was really excited about that with the auction because I had my own strategy if we were to do the auction um, on my season. You always want highest calorie you possibly can but realistically you're going to want carbs you're going to want sugar you're going to want fats even because just fat is what's going to give you your brain focus because your brain's made up of fat and you're going to want carbs so that way your body can function like even for your brain calories everything requires energy just to function as a human which is carbs protein you're muscle wasting anyway like okay <laughs> great you're full but your brain still has no extra power in all of this so it's kind of It helps settle the hunger for a bit of time that your body feels it's getting some food. But in terms of like really having more cognitive ability, you want carbs and you want fats, things like that. So when I was looking at the auction, my whole goal is I'm going to get the first one of the first things that they offer for the sake that no one's going to bid on it. I could probably get it for 20 bucks, but it has to be something calorically of like benefit to me. So this pretzel and beer wouldn't have been worth it enough for me, but something more of like a grilled cheese or a PB&J or the milkshake, I would hope would be like more calorically dense that I would take that on. So there is strategy, I would say with that, because if you don't have enough brain power, you're not going to be able to follow the strategy. And then you're kind of just slower than everyone else. So without going in a really long nutrition lecture, I would say I'll cut my answer off there unless anyone has any <laughs> more questions on
1: it. <laughs>
2: Well, I agree. Like, I feel like the as like tempting as like pretzels and beer would be, I feel like you would be so like dehydrated, like pretty yeah. quickly, right? Like I that would, like suck. But it's like, oh, but I understand like I love pretzels so much. I would I would fall for it every time I think.
3: Yeah, and I hope for people like you to do that so I can get the other. <laughs> <pill>.
2: <laughs> I would more than Lindsay. Disappear. I would be so happy to be. I don't even like the the scapegoat. I will take all the horrible things that will make me like wish I was like uh, like not alive anymore the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can have your your nine hundred dollar milkshake.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I like the um. option. That was fun to bring back. I like the strategy mm-hmm. of. Um, real quick, I'll say those two things. I mm-hmm. like the strategy of him being like, We don't know when it's gonna end, and there's no advantages, so like, play just freaking play. Mm-hmm. So I Get thought food. that was cool, yeah. And then I like the idea when they had a bargain for rice, and Jeff's like, I'll make it faster for you. <laughs> 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 like, I'm like, what? I was like, Good because people take forever, they're just dicking around. No one wants to make a decision. I'm like, good for you, Jeff, make them fucking step out, like, enough <laughs> of this, like, just towing around. So, I like that aggressive move to be like pick it because i'm not standing here all day for you to decide so i thought both of those things were like a cool way to like convince people to just fucking play and just do what you need to do because we're not going to sit around here all day and just not have a good show to watch
2: yes that's a a big part of it it's like people like obviously for their own games they want to be like take their time and think about it but like no that's not why we're here you got to make decisions right now uh i i love uh, Unhinged Jeff is what I've been calling him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Best. He is way more PG-13 than you see on TV. He curses like crazy. But it was so funny. He really... I like Unhinged Jeff.
1: That's
3: my favorite. I'll take Jeff all day in any form. But Unhinged is definitely the most entertaining.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, do we have any other uh, listener questions? I feel like we... I think we we're good. It. We can yeah. plug and talk about Edric. Yeah, unless, Lindsay, you had anything else you wanted to say about the episode before we wrap her up?
3: Nothing else. I think I just ju- jumped in the last few things I wanted to say. But mm-hmm. I very thoroughly enjoyed being able to talk through Survivor and the episode and my season and all of that. So thank you guys for allowing me to do that because this is really fun. Thank oh, you for coming pleasure. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Lindsay, do you want to tell people where they can find you online or if there's any, like, projects or anything you've got going on you want to direct people to? Stuff like that.
3: Yeah. Um, so you can, I, my business, absolute nutrition counseling. I like to do one-on-one nutrition counseling, but I like to help others in other ways for nutrition. I'm open to ideas that people may have. I take insurance. So anyone who feels that they really want to learn, but don't feel that they can afford it. I take insurance because nutrition is a right everyone has. It's not a luxury expense. So please don't feel shy. If you are interested and want to hear about it or anyone, any cannabis education, I do that too. Uh, so dot com or absolute nutrition com um and then absolute.nutrition.counseling is my instagram and then Lindsay Delosh is my personal instagram you can find me there dm me if you want if you're interested i love to hear about survivor and any just saying hi um so that's where you can find me
0: yeah. Lindsay you well I guess this is kind of another question but is you talked earlier about like if you came back for another shot at survivor like are you down to come back in a returnee season
3: please call me back please <laughs> I 100% would come back I understand it's gonna be so much more of a different dynamic and probably almost like a giant target on my back and it'll be very difficult to make it through but I don't care I want to come back <laughs> the show is amazing it was the best time of my life I recommend everybody to apply and try to do it because it is a life changer for sure so yes i would 100 percent come back
2: (laughs) i just want you to come back in like the full football gear like that's what i need need the shoulder pads everything like we're not playing around this time
3: oh i agree (laughs) i'm all in why hide it i'm just gonna just (laughs) not bring my shoulder down on each person
0: so yeah i'm in on that i I have more clothes
3: than i did otherwise
0: (laughs) oh my god
2: um well you can follow us at bitters pod twitter instagram all that good stuff follow me at reindeerx on twitter uh christine what about you where can people find you
1: you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Xteen Files. You can read my writing on Inside Survivor, where I write with Geo Worthy every week about what's going on and uh, every week of Survivor. Um, yeah, I listen to me Derek's podcast, The Shadow Play Gays, if you like gay anime. Um, and as always, the, my the opera website I built for my fiance's. <laughs> a uh, cool Sappho song cycle. You can watch it, it exists. Sappho project, <laughs> exactly. it's uh sapphoproject.com. Um, and if you want to if you're interested in like learning about queer opera, that's a good place to stop. Okay, is everything oh,
0: yeah. um you can follow me at Sam Stanish everywhere. I'm Moon Selector on TikTok. This week we will be dropping the first half of the Buffy Boyfriends podcast for season three. Uh and I think that's everything. Okay. Yes. Moving on, how do we feel? Who do we think is getting the winner edit? Yeah, Lindsay, I, as uh, uh, you said before,
2: I don't know if you, we were recording when we were talking about it, but you said you're not uh, a big edgic person. Uh, but is there, like, when you're watching the show, is there someone like, oh, my gosh, they're getting a winner edit right now?
3: Uh, No, I haven't <laughs> that has been very hard for me to keep track of. To be honest, I've been more focusing on the questions that Jeff asked at Tribal and trying mm. to be like, "Wow, he knows." He totally asked Julie. Does she think she's going home? That was a like a note that okay, I'm paying attention to you. So I was more absorbing it from a future player again aspect. <laughs> when Jeff asked questions, is he filling you in on things you should know if you don't know? So I haven't really been able to keep an eye on if I think there's a winner edit because I think they're going by who is just making better TV or who's mm. explaining the story for people to follow. So I've had a hard time seeing it. So I'm curious <laughs> to what you guys have to say, what you caught.
2: I, yeah, I, I love that mentality. You're like, I got to make sure Jeff is not going to play any tricks on me when I go out there again. <laughs> yeah. Like
3: you just see where my head's at. Like I'm playing I'm <laughs> and I'm coming back.
2: <laughs> I love that. I mean, I've, I've been very much on the D train. I am kind of sad that she's like gone a little quiet these last few episodes. Um, But I I still don't feel like I'm seeing things that, like, make me concerned for her. Um, I I feel like a lot of people have eyes on Emily. And I feel like we've sort of honed in on her as maybe more of, like, a growth edit. Um, But it is hard to deny deny that, like, they really went out of their way to make this seem like a good move for her. Even though, like, on paper, it, like, isn't really. Because she, like, kind of gave up any sort of chance of dismantling the read before. At least as far as we know. Things might change. But it's, like, it's weird that, like, the edit went out of its way to, I guess, justify what she did. I don't know, it's like hard to figure out like what they're trying to tell us there other than she's like someone that they like to have have on the show.
0: I am coming, I do think I'm more on Emily's side. I do think that she's (laughs) getting, but she hasn't been getting a growth arc in a very long time. I feel it was mainly like she was sort of like bad in the first episode and then has been shown to be really good i think that especially just looking at the reward scene comparing like her (laughs) letter where it's really like oh my gosh i'm not gonna be there like for moving into this house and i'm like maybe i'll get married now that kind of thing compared to like every single other person who was there like the scenes especially like i just feel like they edited it so main character-y like comparatively whereas I feel like her, the actual thing that was happening was so much less emotionally involved. Whereas hmm. every other person was, uh, We, if you think about it, like you would think that they would be the focus of the scene, but Emily talked about like her, like her boyfriend and the moving so much in like deeper detail than what we saw about everybody else. That makes sense. Like, I, yeah, it's like, I, she
2: does feel like the main character of the season, which doesn't always mean they're the winner uh so it's like i i don't know but i kind of love that it's like i feel like we've honed in on just the women like i don't feel like a man is winning this season uh which is exciting to me
3: (laughs) there's a a question i have for uh, the three of you do you Mm -hmm. feel that you're really getting the final three edit versus the winner edit so that way has a have like a a way to root for all three people in the final that you don't know who wins
2: That's, I feel like at least as far as like uh, the history of Edric, I feel like we always get like losing finalists sort of edits. Like people that we know, like we can be like, okay, they're probably going to get to the end, but we can see why they don't get votes when they get there. Mm, I feel like Jake like fits that, I think to a T, um, which makes me sad because he seems like such a fun guy, but I think he's kind of in the um, Owen from 43 situation where it's just like he just never got his sea legs. And it's just, like, it's, he's, I don't know if people are going to respect that. It seemed like the jury, like, likes him. They were, like, rooting for him on the jury seats. But it's, like, I don't know if that always translates to votes. I mean, we saw that with Carolyn, too. Like, I feel like people liked Carolyn a lot. But it's still, she still didn't get any jury votes. So, unfortunately, I see that for Jake, um, which makes me sad. But, I mean, that's cool. I I would love it if he got to the end. Because that would mean something happens with the Reba 4. Like, it's not going to be all Reba's at the end. um, Which is exciting
0: <laughs> yeah and it does seem like they're starting like they are coming around and targeting them the issue mm-hmm. will just be like how does that end up happening yeah um but the real four are starting to maybe turn against each other in the next time on but it, the, emily and katura had a couple scenes this episode about how they need to take out julie um so i, I do i do feel like the story we're being told is not that the three Four get to the end of the game together yeah. like I've, 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 I've never felt that way from the like first episode that they will be the people at the end. Um, And I think that something is going to happen this week. I feel like we say that every week, but I feel like something (laughs) will happen in the second episode where like Julie gets taken out or like Drew and Mm. Austin like reveal that they are working with Emily or, you know, anything could happen at this point. It was strange to see the four minority people recognizing that the Reba Four exists and not working together but <laughs> i they, they made it pretty clear in the episode like why that didn't happen like put get yeah. on the same page jake is you know an out- outlier i guess um and emily just decided that it was better for, for her in the long term to go like just hope that the Reba Four will split which she does have evidence that they will uh mm-hmm. it rather than trying to like wrangle all these cats together to vote once yeah
1: I want to know what we think of uh, where Katura's story is going because this was like an interesting let's like, we're finally getting to know a bit more about her outside of Bruce and it is the episode where Bruce goes home she's getting suddenly a lot of like emotional content I'd like I don't know if that's you know Ketura's, uh you know a finalist and like this is just giving us a little more investment in her I mean like I'm just curious like I want to open the floor to that I don't really know what it means because I could I could very easily see her going like, in the next, you know, couple votes, um, it's kind of like, okay, we wrap her story with Bruce is done, and then once, and she's not able to, like, break up the three before. I could see that happening, but there, there was just, like, obviously she, it's also situational, because she had some emotional stuff happen this episode, but there, it, it, it was just interesting. There was a lot of focus on it.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that's, like, like you said, maybe, like, a losing finalist thing, or if it is, maybe maybe she, like, goes out at fire. I don't know. I feel like that's something, but she has, like, too much content to do that. I feel like, usually our fire losers like i hate to say fire losers but <laughs> uh, people who lost that fire making um it's like maybe they're a little more quiet so we don't feel as like distraught when they go home from it unless you're like a jesse or something um it's um so i don't know where her, her story's going i feel like honestly the biggest tell in her edit is that her first like big scene was more about jake and like lying about being an attorney with jake like i'm like that's gotta come back up at some point i mean i've seen people speculate that all three attorneys are gonna be the final three which would be kind of funny like julie jake and couture at the end would be really fun especially because i think julie even commented like i don't think anyone wants to vote for an attorney to win but Mm. so then like maybe they want to force someone like they're gonna force the jury to vote for an attorney to win um so i i would love if all that like came to a head um and i could see that happening i don't know i yeah Katura's story is very intriguing to me um i'm like i'm curious like what her edit would have been in like a 60 minute format instead i don't know
3: now that bruce is gone i'm interested to see how her gameplay is going to be because i felt like yeah. a lot of her strategy was revolving around that being in the back burner so now that he's gone i'm very interested to see how she's going to shine because in the very early episodes i liked her strategic mind. Um, even though Bruce was still sprinkled in there. Like I liked where her mm-hmm. head was at of certain things. So I'd be curious, I'd be really excited to see. I really was excited for her gameplay from the beginning. I would love to see because no one still knows she's an attorney, right?
2: I don't does think, yeah. know that
3: Mama Jay's an attorney?
2: I don't no. think so either, just Jake. Well, only
3: Jake's <laughs> the well, only outed Only attorney. Jake is like the goat of this whole thing.
2: I know, it's so sad. <laughs> so that
3: would be interesting, but I'd be curious. That'd be really cool if Katara and Mama Jay were able to, if they both open. I doubt that they would open up about it, but if somehow they strategically went through, but I feel like she has a target on her back for next episode that I can see them being like, all right, now that there's only eight or seven of us, we need to start cutting them out. But I'd be curious if she has this mental stamina, to keep her attorney mindset, civil rights attorney mindset Mm -hmm. for the remainder of this. And if she makes it to the final, I think she might have a very good speech to uh, convince the jury. So I'd be curious to see that too.
2: Me, I think people like the, maybe the cast is like underestimating just how good Couture I think would be at a final tribal. Like, obviously I think a lot of it depends on like how much like her game like evolves at this point from here, but it is hard i mean marianne showed us like if you're good at a final tribal that can sway people like and i think katura right. has that and i mean just from like a like a social standpoint like she just like makes me laugh so much like just yeah. talking to jeff she seems so like at ease talking to people and i think people should be scared of that on the cast
3: <laughs> i think people are sleeping on that because everyone's focusing on the re before and almost mm-hmm. like the re before so focus on their gameplay that I don't think they're seeing everybody else's gameplay as much. So I think mm-hmm. she'll have to be like, well, while you guys were doing that, this is what I was doing and observing this entire time, and I knew mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. So that'd be a really cool thing, like, reveal if that's how it went.
2: Me too. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, so I'm just, <laughs> I, I kind of love that this season where Like it's still very up in the air. I feel like around this time, usually in a season, we're like more honed in on like one or two people. But I feel like there's like a lot of ways the season could go at this point. We still got a lot of season to play. Um, I'm just excited to see our girlies keep being amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there are criticisms to make about everybody's story. about Whether they'd put it in like for a winner. So I think that makes it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's all predict, go around and say who we think will win. I do feel like it's Emily uh mm. even though I've been like her number one detractor I know
1: you are like you're it's... always like
0: there's no way she's winning and now <laughs> I just you know I I'm if I fall for the growth edit that's on me um but that's we'll fair. see what happens next week yeah
1: I actually am also. I, I'm. I'm relieved to hear Sam. You're also feeling this because after this episode, I was. I was very much feeling like it might be Emily. Like I, It's and I thought I was gonna be the odd one out here. Um, I. It's still. It's just like yeah, the. It's more like what has happened with D's edit that I'm like con- confused about,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, it just maybe it's still deep, but it just seems that like D is now maybe being set up more as like. Uh, just maybe like I don't even know losing finalists but like it's just like she's not doing enough to like distinguish herself from this alliance at this point I keep like the last few episodes have just been like Reba for Reba for, and unless this and then like Emily playing around it and even last episode when Emily didn't have a vote it's still all about Emily and um I'm just really yeah I, I'm i not ready to jump on the Emily train, but I am leaning more towards Emily than D at this point because I just don't know what they're doing with D's story.
0: Yeah. Like a couple it, episodes ago, everyone was like, oh my God, D is the biggest threat. And now, like, and, and if they're like, if, if D gets to the end, she's definitely going to win, which is bad. And then now yeah. she's not even in the story at all. So it's like, what am I supposed to be thinking here? <laughs>
1: yeah so it's just odd it's yeah and it's meaning like that and then the next like most coherent thing would be an emily win at this point so that's kind of where i'm i'm at so yeah mm-hmm. derek, derek i'm assuming you're still on the d train which i think is respectable I yeah think i'm gonna be
2: in. delusional still <laughs> i i just feel like her story like i it's like enough like her like everything before this like patch i feel like of like a quieter edit is like still to me like totally within like bounds like nothing about this like quiet moment is making me like forget anything else that we've seen before which is like we got so much like personal content from d we understand where like that she is like a huge figure in like the most dominant alliance in the game and um it's like i just can see like how she would win like i feel like even the players are saying this is how d will win um and maybe that's too obvious but i i don't know i just i would love to see like a woman who's like kind of like has like villain tendencies i guess is what people are calling it just like boss out and like win like i would love to see that um but again that that's not what edgic is but i like to pretend edgic is you know whatever i like is what's going to happen (laughs) (laughs) well Lindsay, uh do you have like a wild prediction you want to make or you're like i think it's this person
3: i don't think i have any prediction yet i feel like this is when the game's gonna get really spicy and i think Mm -hmm. everyone's like like hard gameplay is gonna come out. Like, are you going to play hard at this point or are you not? So I think that is gonna help me have a better idea of who it will be. Um, I have a feeling if there's two Reba's at the end, I think if Emily's standing there, she would win over them because the Mm -hmm. two of them had a duo together while she was really solo. So I could see I can see her arguing a very strong point to win over some other people, but it depends on who's there and what happens between now and the final three of some resume building. So I can't really make a decision yet.
2: That's totally fair. I mean, I could, yeah, Emily with Drew and Austin, I think she could totally like sweep the jury with that um i'm just very excited to see how it turns out like you said i think this mm-hmm. is going to be people are underestimating how i think kooky this season could still become as like as kooky as it's already been i think like we are in a really fun position here um so yeah um th- if that does us I Lindsay. That's great. Lindsay. Yeah. thank you so much for joining us this was so fun you were so fun to talk to um, would always love to have you come on future seasons or just, you know, you can always DM us how you're feeling about Survivor episodes. Yeah, it will. <laughs> um, no, this is yeah. so great. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we will see you all next week for another hopefully exciting episode of Survivor 45. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye, Hi guys.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Too.